0: The footy was created on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to all First Nations people and acknowledge their profound contribution to the game we bloody love. This is a Grouse House podcast. Welcome to The Footy with Mates, which is our weekly chat. This week is a very special chat and it's very different for us. The reason we did this is because uh, I felt like there wasn't... There was lots of chat from one perspective... And I hadn't heard in all of the footy shit that I listened to the other perspective. So I thought I would get someone on very, very impressive. Um, for full context, I am totally on board with how you want to, like if, you, if you gamble or not. My, We're just bringing this up because as you'll hear in this, gambling advertising is uh, kind of lost the plot in this country. And so just a nice conversation with a very, very smart individual. We hope you enjoy it. Uh, that's my little disclaimer for the start of the episode. We'll be back to normal footy chat every other day for the rest of our fucking lives. Enjoy. Joining us today, uh, and I've done my research on this, and this is a very hard and comprehensive and uh, in many ways profound list, uh, this bio, but um, it's, it's someone a bit different for us. I don't believe they've taken many speckies. <laughs> or uh, or uh, kicked many goals at the MCG, though we may find out quickly that that's not the case. They, uh, they were the CEO and advocate for World Vision Australia. Um, it's the Reverend Tim, Tim Costello who's joining us today. But then I just want to go through this list as well. Uh, Tim also received the Victorian of the Year Award in 2004 in recognition of his public and community service. He was made an officer of the order of australia in 2005 he was a nominee for australian of the year he's the 2008 winner of the australian peace prize and uh was awarded the awarded by the peace organization and then this is my favorite one he's listed by the national trust as a national living treasure and <laughs> now he's now he gets to add to that list he's on the footy with broden kelly uh reverend tim costello thank you for joining us
1: so so good to be with you and uh Look, I'm very disappointed in you, Broden. Why is that? If, if you had done your research po- uh, <laughs> properly, you would have known. I played masters footy, legends footy, till I was 55. Oh. I won the goal kicking, you know, for South Yarra. I never got out of that 10 yard square at full forward. <laughs> I was a full forward, but I was very fast in the square. Very fast.
0: Do you yeah, that that's genuinely very impressive? Do you, mm. how many goals? Did you kick in a year?
1: What are we talking, 150? What are we talking? Uh, 19.
0: Fantastic. Um,
1: That's good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. we only ever played every two weeks because it took us two weeks to recover. We're yes. old boys.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough. Um, we've asked you to come on, Tim, uh, because of your role currently uh, with the Alliance for Gambling Reform. Uh, we've, we, we, as we've been doing footy podcast for a year now, and, um, and we've found very quickly, well, personally – not to go into too much detail, but the amount of money that we've had to turn down um, from people who've approached us to to take to sponsor us, but then also um, just that we we found very quickly that it was very hard to find a window where gambling wasn't talked about or covered or promoted in any facet. So I just wanted to uh, the, the reason for bringing you on was just to have a chat and bring a bit of balance and get the other perspective because it feels like gambling is kind of represented from one perspective over and over and over and it might be cool to talk about it from another perspective. So, what's your role
1: um, with the AGR? So, I'm the chief advocate for the Alliance for Gambling Reform and helped set it up. Uh, I've been sort of on this uh, horse for 25, nearly 30 years. Uh, So, So long my kids, you know, when they were teenagers looked at me and said, Dad, is there any campaign you've backed that's ever won? (laughs) Uh, uh, So uh, gambling, you know, I was sort of on my own 30 years ago. Now when it comes certainly to pokies, the public agree with me, and when it comes to sports bet ads, the sort the AFL push, the public agree with me. They're sick of it. They're having a psychic vomit. They're going our kids just want to watch footy. They don't want to know the odds when they're ten years of age. Why do they know the, the jingles and the odds and the um, logos of sports betting companies? Uh, so I think at least I'm winning some public opinion for once after thirty years. Yep,
0: and and how has gambling advertising changed in the in? We'll say thirty years, but even in fifty years, in mean, because we I I don't remember watching footy as a kid and and the relationship that gambling had with the coverage of it, but in your lifetime at least, how has it
1: changed and how has it evolved? Oh, it's profoundly changed. So, um, uh, the only uh, sports that existed for gambling were racehorses and greyhounds. Right. And the TAB, when uh, it was opened, uh, couldn't serve food, didn't even have seats. The idea was we weren't going to encourage this socially. Mm. You go in, place your bet, you couldn't buy food, drink, you couldn't sit down. And culturally, the police department uh, that headed this up was called Vice and Gambling. Vice saying this is addictive, corrupting, Uh, we don't advertise it. Mm. So what's happened is it's massively accelerated. It's spread to footy, to NRL, to cricket, to soccer, to tennis, and... It's $300 million in advertising a year, far bigger than Harvey Norman. It's the big gorilla. So that's what's culturally changed. It's uh, jumped out of being state regulated, you know, no food or uh, seats at the TAB, to being state sponsored, mm. to literally dominating our culture and our sport. So
0: it was, was state regulated and now it's, that, that's kind of backed off? Is that essentially it? How has that happened?
1: Well, basically, it was regulated to say this um, leads to vice and crime, and then we don't encourage it and advertise it. To state governments, uh, with the advent first of pokies and now sports betting, and AFL clubs, as you know, got into pokies going, wow, there's a big um, gambling uh, windfall game for state treasury. Wow. Um, we'll promote it. We, we don't mind it. We'll let it rip. We forget that these gambling licences, whether they're pokies or sports betting, are state licences. They're owned by us, the public. Right. And it's gone from saying, no, you're not going to advertise, no, you're not going to have this in our face, to the state literally, because of the money it gets, promoting it, sponsoring it, pushing it, uh, until the pushbacks that we are making now. So
0: the state government representing us, they, get a, they, get, they give licence out to places like Neds or Sportsbet, and do they? Does that mean that they, the state, receives a commission
1: on the the revenue they make? So what happened was uh, states didn't license the Neds and sports bets. The Northern Territory did. It was a backdoor. Right. They all got licensed there. They paid virtually no tax. But now what state governments get is a point of consumption tax. So for all the bets in Victoria with sports bet. NEDs le, uh, licensed in Northern Territory, the Victorian bets allow the state government to get a point of consumption tax. They're getting money from the turnover of bets in Victoria for companies licensed in the Northern Territory. Gotcha. That's very interesting.
0: Mm. <laughs> now, on that, with the AFL, what's the AFL's relationship to uh, to gambling organisations because I would imagine they'd be they'd be not connected at all. Is that the case?
1: The AFL is the biggest uh, sports betting gorilla now on the planet, um, literally. Uh, we have not only the greatest gambling losses in the world, in Australia, 40% higher than the nation that comes second. But when it comes to sports betting losses, they're 20% higher than the nation that comes second. And the AFL is the biggest player much bigger than uh, uh, NRL? Much bigger than uh, Australian cricket or, or tennis. And the hypocrisy of this hit me when I remember seeing Gill as AFL um, chair and um, CEO, and he said, "Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm fine with you pushing AFL clubs to get rid of pokies. Yeah, they do damage." As soon as I raised the AFL and sports betting. It was a completely different story. And that story was Andrew Demetrio, who hands over to Gill, leaves as CEO of the AFL. His next big job, first big job, is head of Crown Bet at Crown Casino, and he does a deal with his protege Gil McLaughlin, uh, and enormously profitable for Crown Bet, for the AFL, for Demetrio and for Gil. Enormously profitable. So, so Demetrio
0: walked out of the AFL straight into uh, into CrownBet, a gambling organisation,
1: who then made a deal with the AFL directly. That's right. That's right. And and it took off from there. Uh, so, when when you look at now um, the the biggest gorilla in terms of sports betting, it literally is the AF, AFL, uh, p- particularly pushing Maltese. Um, and as you know, your chance of winning a multi is infestingly in uh, uh, small—one in ten million—and that the payouts for winning a multi are really small. You know, like three thousand dollars. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And they're pushing these multis all the time. They're certainly creating uh, the illusion of sociality, community, mates. Bet with your mates, you know, mm. and it's fine. Uh, to have a bet at the pub with your mates, but what the AFL really are trying to do is say, uh, you did that on a Saturday afternoon, we plan on you betting at 3am on Sunday morning on your own, <laughs> without your mates, um, targeting young men and now targeting young women. So Maltese and we own community and mateship with your mates has really been insidious.
0: It's, it's a, so that you would say oh, that was my next question. Is what are some of the moves that gambling organisations are doing that where that people like myself would be less aware of? But that's interesting. So you would say that the approach is to go. This is a social activity, like going to the pub or having a drink. It's it's uh, it's a thing you do with your mates. But we assume that you'll stick
1: around. That's the uh, and and not decision. only uh, stick around, but then you will be the target of their social media. Gotcha. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, we know a lot of that's going to minors. We know Facebook says we regulate this stuff, but it doesn't. Secondly, direct marketing. The direct marketing by the AFL is almost more ruthless than the ads we see on TV. So direct marketing is when they send you a text message. You know, this this game is on. These are the odds. Um, If you have an account, they ring you up. If you stop betting... They give you an incentive and encourage you to bet. Constant direct marketing underneath our eyes, but we don't see it. We just see the ads. Mm. The ads are bad enough. You know, in Victoria, 943 ads on free-to-air TV a day. (sighs) A day. So in Britain, it's 14 ads a week. Oh, my God. Wow. (laughs) In Spain, in Italy, in Belgium, they banned sports betting ads. You can gamble, but you won't have the ads in our face all the time. Hmm. This is why in Victoria, it really is the belly of the beast and it's driven by the AFL. That's that's insane. So we
0: have more free-to-air – by – Hundreds and hundreds of ads a day. We have more ads than than the UK and anywhere and other places like that. I imagine.
1: Absolutely, uh, the, and this is uh, these are foreign-owned uh, sports betting companies. Most of them, like Sportsbet, <coughs> registered in the back door of the Northern Territory, targeting all of us, particularly young men and young women, to gamble. But then. Uh, really shaping our kids. So our, our kids' heroes, footy heroes, and I love my AFL, literally they now know the odds, who, who, the, multi, the, the odds of a game as if football heroes are racehorses or greyhounds. Mm. That's the profound culture change of normalising, mainstreaming. Now, people say, yes, but it's legal. Yeah, well, cigarettes were legal, but we don't allow and still are legal. We don't allow tobacco ads all over our footy. Hundred percent, yeah. The the ads, by the way, can be on in the six o'clock news at night. You can't even have an alcohol ad on before eight thirty at night. Really? Uh, absolutely not. So, this is insidious, pervasive, and the AFL have really been the driver of so much of it. So, what is the what would the, what is the AGRs? Uh,
0: hopes for reform, what are you you looking to do and what are the things that should be done and how can, if people want to learn more, how can they learn more?
1: So what the AFL, uh, sorry, what the AGR, the Alliance for Gambling Reform, is, is doing is saying to our federal minister, Michelle Rowland, Minister for Communications, ban the ads. We had Peter Murphy, who's just tragically died before Christmas, a Labor member for dunkley who chaired an inquiry and came up with 31 recommendations on her committee were liberals nationals teals greens multi-party party party consensus when has that ever happened in Mm. a federal parliament before yeah Mm. multi-party consensus to ban the ads that's their number one recommendation that came out in july we are still waiting for the Albanese government and for that matter Dutton to actually respond. But that's what the recommendation is, that's what the Alliance for Gambling Reform wants. Guess who's opposing it with all their might? The AFL. Hmm. The AFL. <coughs> because it's the honeypot for them. Wow.
0: That yeah, that's so okay. Well that's good to know. And sad to know. Hmm. Depressing to know, mm. but at least there's, uh, okay, so w- what, where does, what does that look like happens from here? Does that need to be passed or? Um, and
1: so we are, the, the, the government had six months to respond to that recommendation and hasn't within six months. They keep kicking it off because we know the AFL and some of the other seven, nine, ten broadcasters are in the ear saying, don't you dare. Mm. So really it is a David versus Goliath fight now. Will the government be on the side of the powerful vested interests, the Goliath, or will they stand up for parents? There's not a day, literally, where a stranger in the street recognises me. Usually, a parent say, I am so furious that my 10-year-old, 12-year-old knows all the odds that, that they, they are being groomed. Mm. They are being groomed to be gamblers. Yeah. See, why, why the social media campaigns of the AFL continue is what happens is people who bet regularly for a year, maybe two years, it can happen quicker, go bankrupt, or they start stealing and they go to jail, or their wife kicks them out, and that means they have to keep grooming the next generation to become gamblers. That is actually the business model. That's why you see so many ads on TV, so many such pushing, Nathan Brown always, Mick Malloy with the Maltese. They have to groom the next generation because so many people, young men, literally go bankrupt. Uh, Some go to jail. Tragically, some top themselves. And I've done six funerals of people who had gambling addictions, who took their life. They were so ashamed and desperate. That's the cost. That's the the shadow cost that we're not being told.
0: Um. Thanks, Tim. That's a really great chat, and um, yes, I'm just happy that uh, we got to vo- put you in a, in a in an area where I don't think a lot of people have this conversation. So we really appreciate you doing it. Um,
1: Thank you very much. A delight to be with you. Who, who you, who's
0: you. your tip for the flag this year?
1: Well, um, of course, it's got to be the bombers who I uh, support. <laughs> although, um. I do notice, you know, when we had our disaster, uh, we were the only AFL AFL club that took non-drug enhancing, (laughs) (laughs) non-performance enhancing drugs, and uh, we've never recovered. No, that's right. Fair enough. Uh, Thanks for your time, Tim. Thanks a lot. See ya.